Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin, the language nerd here, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode, and of course, YouTube video. Today I'd like to answer a question that I received on Facebook. This question comes from Gary. I'm going to paraphrase his question. Gary says, hello Azrin, it's been a while, how have you been? I've been watching your videos and I want your input on something. As a language teacher, do you ever get frustrated with your students because they're not pushing themselves hard enough? Great question. Well, the way I'll answer the question is like this. I used to get frustrated, but I don't get frustrated anymore. Let's unpack that. First of all, it's important to think about what's going on in the perspective of the student and to think about what's going on in the perspective of the teacher because they both have very different perspectives. And I would call them, yeah, perspectives, I, I suppose, on, on the language class as a whole. So from the student side of things, the language learner is trying to fit language learning into their life. They already have a very full life. Maybe they're a full-time student. Maybe they work full-time. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent. You have kids, you have hobbies. Maybe you're sick and that affects you on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe someone in your family is very sick and you're responsible for looking after them. Or maybe someone else is sick in your family and you're not responsible for looking after them, but it's a mental drain on you. And now you also want to learn a language. So the language learner is fitting language learning into an already relatively full life. This is very common. And so... For most people, language learning is one priority of many. And so every single language learner is going to approach language learning with a different mindset. Some people are going to think to themselves, I'm, I have space in my life to, and I care about language learning to such a point where I'm going to dedicate hours upon hours every single day. And they're going to progress very rapidly. They'll be highly motivated learners. and these are the kinds of people that three years later, they're super fluent and everyone looks at them and says, wow, how did you do it? And then you have people at the other end of the spectrum where maybe it's not a very high priority in their life. Maybe they have a very busy life. Maybe they're occupied with, with other stressors in their life. Maybe there are things that they have a lot on their mind as it is. And language is, if you were to look at a plate full of, filled with food, Language is just maybe a very small side order of peas, right? There's a steak already. You've got mashed potatoes. You have a nice dessert. You've got a big bottle of beer or wine or something like that. And you've got a few peas on the side. And yeah, the peas are there and you're eating them and it does add to your meal. But it's not, it's not by any stretch of the imagination, a very big part of the meal. So you have students like that too. And so you have to understand that when you're a teacher, you have to try to put yourself in the shoes of the student to see how are they approaching this language? How, how fluent do they want to become? What else is going on in their life? What's their overall perspective on learning this language? Now, on the teacher side of thing, if you're a language teacher, well, listen, you have your perspective too, and it's equally valid. You might think to yourself, well, a student is coming to me and they want to become fluent. So I'm going to help them become fluent. I'm going to give them the roadmap to follow. 
I'm going to give them the right homework to do. I'm going to use all the best teaching methods I know and that I have in my tool belt to help this person along. And it can be very frustrating for a language teacher when you're doing your best and you perceive the student to not be doing their best. It's very frustrating, particularly when for many language teachers, it's frustrating when you expected the student to progress at a certain speed, at a certain pace. You thought, okay, I'm going to teach them this unit, then this unit, then this unit, then this unit. And probably in six months, they're going to know this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. They're going to know these seven things, for example. And what happens is that the student cancels classes last minute. The student doesn't do their homework. The student doesn't seem to remember what they're learning in class. And so your plan is thrown is thrown in a sense in the garbage because what you initially planned is not at all what is happening in the class. And the student is actually progressing very slowly, or at least from your perspective, very slowly. And then this leads to a lot of other thoughts in a lot of language teachers that, oh my goodness, the student is paying me and they're not progressing very much. Are they gonna think I'm a bad teacher? Does that make me a bad teacher? So the first thing when you're looking at this question of, I'm going to open the open the question on my phone again to get this exactly right. When you're looking at this question of, do you get frustrated with students when they're not pushing themselves hard enough? Well, the first thing is just to realize that the student has their perspective and the instructor has their perspective. It's important to realize that. Because if you think as an instructor, as a teacher, that your student is not pushing themselves hard enough, likely what that means is you have a very different vision for the student than the student has for himself or herself. That's probably what that means, okay? So as an instructor, probably the one of the one very good way to approach it, or at least to consider approaching this type of situation is to ask a lot of questions and to think and to put ask a lot of questions and put yourself in the shoes of the student and think about how is the student viewing language learning? How fluent do they actually want to become? Um, what's going on in their life? Um, how much do they work? Are they stressed out? Are they really try to put yourself in their shoes? And as an instructor, you either want to match where the student is at. Like I have a student, for example, who he's a she's a child. He's a I think he's 11. He's 11 years old. And he has so many extracurricular activities. He does French with me twice a week in a private class. And he has so many other things. He has Quidditch and swimming and all these different. Yes, he does Quidditch. He has all these different uh, activities that he has on top of his homework, on top of going to school, on top of spending time with his family, on top of other hobbies that he has. So one time I remember he wasn't, I noticed after a couple of weeks, week after week, he wasn't doing his homework. And then finally his mom and him both, his mom actually told me, Hey, he just has a, this many, all these different extracurriculars. And this is what his life looks like. And now once I understood that, it made it much easier for me to reset my expectations from the class. I realized he's going to do little to no homework because every minute of his life is booked. and. You know, French 
if you look at all of his priorities, falls in a certain place on his priority list. And that's that. And that's okay. So now I realize that he's going to learn at a slower pace than I initially thought. He's not really going to get any homework, and that's okay. We can spend time in class reviewing. It also means, and if you are a language teacher, something to think about is you also want to keep that in mind because you might look for periods in their life, in the student's life, where they have more time available to them, and you know that's coming up. And you might speak to the student and say, hey, look, you've got this time in your life where you've got some more time. Do you want to actually dedicate more time to language learning during that period? They might say yes. The final thing I'll say on this topic, and then we'll briefly move on to another one. The final thing I'll say is this. One thing as a teacher that you may want to do is you may want to try to push the student a little bit past their comfort zone. As opposed to you as an instructor trying to fit into their life, actually take up some space in their life. What does this mean? Instead of saying, oh, you were really busy, I'm not going to give you homework. What you might say is, wow, you have a really busy week. Listen, you told me you want to learn this language. I want to make sure you get something done. Is there any amount of study or practice this week that you think you'd be able to get done? Is there anything? Like how much can we, because even a little bit will go a long way. And here's how it goes a long way. So what can we fit in? So you can take up some space. You can be a little bit assertive and try to take up some space. Just do so keeping in mind what the student's lifestyle looks like and what their perspective on learning a language is overall. Because if you want them to do 10 hours a week and they're thinking one hour a week is a lot, the most you'll probably get them to do is 15 minutes between lessons, maybe 20, maybe 30. But that's better than zero because they might tell you, oh, I'm so busy, I can't fit anything in. So you can push your student a little bit but you have to find that right line. You have to find the line of how much are you going to push your student? Does that make sense? Now, moving on to uh, one other topic, and then we'll wrap up this video and uh, in this podcast. Um, I want to talk about living and breathing your target language. Living and breathing your target language. So most people that I come across, language learners, Language, they treat language learning as a part-time focus. It might be part-time in the sense of they casually go through Duolingo, or it could be a little bit more of a serious part-time student. A serious part-time student might be someone who really does sit down for an hour every day of the week, very consistently, and try to improve upon their proficiency in whatever language. And of course, you have everything in between. So most people are treating language learning as a part-time project, which is probably about right. That, that's how it should be. It's a hobby. It's a side hobby for most people. But here's something interesting. If you can temporarily in a year, every year, once a year, I've said this before, I've said this many times before, once a year, if you can find a little period of the year, maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's four weeks, maybe it's more. If you can find a period of that year where you live and breathe the language every single day and you spend multiple hours of the day engaged in that language, you'll be shocked at how much faster you will progress. You know, I gave this example in a recent blog post. I think I might've said it in a podcast as well, 
where if someone did two hours a week of practice slash study with their target language for one whole year, if one, so if, let's take two scenarios. Person one does two hours of practice a week for one whole year. That's, that's 104 hours toward learning the language. Person two does two hours a week for every week of the year, but for eight weeks of the year, they do two or three hours a day. But just for eight weeks, like a two-week period, a two-month period. So a relatively, relatively small piece of the year, relatively speaking. If they spend two months of the year being very diligent and doing two or three hours a day, as opposed to two or three hours a week, they're going to end up doing roughly 208 hours of study. That's double the person who does two hours a week throughout the whole year. So a very short intensive burst can actually cut the time required to reach fluency in half. So living and breathing the language almost like 24-7, or maybe not even 24-7, as much as you can, if you can really make it your whole day, wonderful, right? More than more power to you. If it's only a couple hours a day, something like that, that's also great. But a small part of the year where you live and breathe the, the target language will go a very long way. You can cut the time in half. You can make this rapid progress in the target language just by getting disciplined for one month, two months of the year. And you can even break that up if you really wanted to. You could do two weeks here, two weeks here, two weeks there. You could even break it up throughout the year. It doesn't have to necessarily be in a one, two-month segment of time. So that kind of intensive study, I highly recommend, highly recommend you at least consider it. Now, people ask me, Azrin, how should I spend my time? Well, what should I be doing with four hours a day, three hours a day, two hours a day? Well, the best answer I can give you, because it will be individual, is go to my website. It's azrinthelanguagenerd.com slash contact and send me a message on Instagram, email me. There's a whole bunch of ways to contact me right on that page. That's A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com slash contact. Feel free to touch base, send me a message, and I'd be more than happy to connect with you for free on a Zoom call for half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that, and help you work out a, a very a, a personalized plan for you that would work. Um, a general kind of guideline you may want to consider a few thoughts that may help if you want some general advice. If you're going to do an intensive burst, one thing you one thing that can be excellent to do is to book a whole bunch of private lessons on italki.com. That's I-T-A-L-K-I.com. Book like two lessons, three lessons a day just for conversation, even just for conversation practice. Conversation practice, like that many hours a day for a two-month window, for example, will really help you progress. That's a great thing to do. Lots of comprehensible input is also very good. Comprehensible input means listening or and or reading to material that is slightly above your level, where you understand most of what's in the text or audio you're listening to. But there are some new words and phrases and such that you're not familiar with that you have to look up. So that will really help a lot too, right? Focusing on that, that'll really help getting lots of comprehensible input. Those are two big things I'd recommend. There's other things you can do as well, but I think two big things that should work for the majority of you, lots of speaking through italki classes, 
It's very affordable. That's why I say italki. It won't be too expensive. And lots of comprehensible input. But again, you're more than welcome to connect with me and I'm happy to chat with you one-on-one -on -one and to help you create a personalized plan that's right for you as opposed to just giving, well, general advice as I have to do in a format such as this. Okay, let's wrap this up here. Thank you very much for your attention as always. I actually have a class that starts very shortly. So I'm gonna let you all go. Uh, again, have a wonderful rest of your day and we will talk. Um, yeah, we'll chat very soon. See ya, bye-bye.